It's This Week in Sleaze with your hosts, the great lord, Joshua Regal and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some unrelated sequels in a series and Shuke with a penis and pulled off nipples. Fucking! Yes! <laughs> That's the longest let's talk some fucking that I've ever done. I think so, yeah. Uh, way back in the day, this is This Week in Sleaze 19, but way back in the day on This Week in Sleaze 3, to be precise, me and former co-host King, who covered in detail Michael Mack's classic Sex and Sam from 1991. But um, we believe in being fair, so uh, let's fast forward to 1996 and 1998, respectively. Where, which is uh, where Sex and Sand 2 and 3 resides, respectively. And Category 3 wasn't as hot of an item anymore at this time. And But Wong Jing, being the producer and you know, wanted, wanted him to make a buck and all of that, decided to bring us this series again. Uh, I mean, he did that with a lot of series. He brought back Chinese Torture Chamber Story. He brought back Rape by an Angel by this time. And that included uh, Sex and Sand and all of that. Uh, it echoes little to none of the original written source material, which is a novel called The Carnal Prayer Mat, because, you know, it was done already, so you can't do it five years later. That would be really, really transparent. So Wong Jing came back and brought us new stories, new craziness, and new faces willing to take their clothes off. And therefore, we are talking Cash Chin's Sex and Sen 2 and Aman Chang's Sex and Sen 3 today, starring Shu Kei and Loletta Lee. Uh, in terms of the more famous faces that took their clothes off. So that's very pleasurable, and we're going to talk about that very pleasurable aspect, uh, among very other things. Pleasurable. Very pleasurable. And Mans Lisa Kay and the great Lord Joshua Regal is there whispering in his sexy voice, I suppose. That's right, Ken. Sleazy <laughs> Kay, how's it going, brother? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Do I intimidate you as <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I need the doll. Show us on the doll where he touched you. This is a po- <laughs> this is a podcast. You can't really touch us. <laughs> All right. How are you doing, buddy? Ah, oh, man, doing well. It's too Excellent. early in the morning, but yeah. Mm. And uh, it, this is weeks old, but you change. Uh, I'm just gonna ask something like out of reality. You changed locale from your home in Louisiana to Florida like a few weeks ago, like. Uh, <laughs> No, taking the sleaze to Florida, I could say, but you went on a wee, wee bit of a vacation from the show mm-hmm. and for yourself and all of that, and uh, almost go, you, you got put into like the birds free. It looked like because oh you, post- you, you, you posted a video online, so share with us that. Oh yeah, that was awesome, man! I went to Destin, <clears throat> Destin, Florida, a couple of weeks ago for my girlfriend's birthday. Uh, traveled up there with some friends, and we stayed for basically just a weekend. Um, yeah, it was really nice, you know, mostly just went out to eat and stuff like that, and it was too cold to go actually hit the beaches or anything like that, but, Mm -hmm. uh, we did go on, like, a little miniature, like, two-hour tour thing on a a boat ride to go see dolphins and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, we didn't really see too many dolphins, but we did, like, you mentioned there, where, uh, basically, the boat 
ride starts off and then all of a sudden it becomes like bird hell and there's like <laughs> 400 500 seagulls you know chasing after the boat and you know i would have just killed myself right there like brought the knife and just slit my own throat like <laughs> i'm i'm dying i'm gonna no, die. Man, it was awesome man all the birds and uh yeah, I posted a video of it. I sat out there. I got out there with, like, they give me some Frito-Lays, you know, just, like, holding them up in the air, and then the birds come, you know, swoop by. How, how covered in poop were you afterwards? None. No. I, really? Thankfully, yeah. They um, they kind of kept behind the boat for the most part, but the second they got, you know, like a hint that somebody had some food in the air, they'd swoop in and, like, grab it. Like, it's so it was so surreal, you know, you're sitting there on that boat, and then... You've got, like, the sky is just littered with hundreds of birds that all just, they're floating at the same speed as the boat, so it's like they're just staying in one place, you know, floating there, flapping their wings. It's crazy. Wow. And uh, just, uh, and, and you told, of course, everyone, like, hi, I'm the great Lord Joshua Regal, the co-host mm-hmm. of This Week at Least. Have you oh, heard of I, me? Yeah, I introduced myself on the boat, yeah. When I got Hello! On it. <laughs> Let's like, go on the boat together! <laughs> I was like, guys, you probably know me, you know, you know that show that talks a lot about raping and stuff like that? Uh-huh. You know, it's a podcast. Just search podcast with rape and you'll probably turn up uh, a show, man. And, and then you met, of course, a lot of people saying, like, where are the dogs, Joshua? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you listen, you listen. They're right there, brother. <laughs> Rape by an angel, yo. <laughs> oh, I know, man. That mask, it's crazy. That didn't happen. No, that, none of that happened, hmm. in fact. Well, well, let's uh, let's uh, you soaked in uh, soaked in the sun to to an extent, and let's soak in the uh, warmth of Sex and Sam two and three for this episode. Then. The body warmth. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, first, on contact information. This is this weekend's lease on the podcast on Fire Network website for this and all the other shows plus bonus boner episodes. Uh, podcastonfire.com. Email for feedback, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Join us over at Facebook. Like our page, facebook.com forward slash POF Network. Follow the link on that page to our joyous, joyous. That's a new word. They're combining joyous and Josh. Joyous. <laughs> <laughs> our wonderful uh, discussion group. Uh, there's a link on our page, as I said, but you can type in Podcast on Fire Network in the Facebook search box and that'll get you the group. Follow us on Twitter as well, twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire. I have written, I have written, I have written. <laughs> My grammar is not functioning very well at this time. I'm too anxious to like, let's talk some fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, I have written a whole lot of category free reviews and uh, and uh, for the entire Sex and Sand trilogy over at SoGoodReviews.com. And I also do Ninja Exploitation and Taiwanese movies every now and again. And I video review that stuff at SleazyKVideo.com and tweet about all that nonsense and more on Twitter.com forward slash SoGoodReviews. Follow This Week in Sleaze on iTunes or subscribe rather. And if you like the show, we would very much appreciate a little star rating or a comment uh, taking time out of your busy day to do that would be mind-blowing and we would very much appreciate that good or bad do it do it and write a review in in um, in the batman voice if you can exactly that'll be like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and i I will get it instantly (laughs) (laughs) and i really like this podcast thank you <laughs> and uh, if you don't uh, want to download uh, podcasts to your preferred device, you can get the application Stitcher for your iPhone 
iPad, Android, or BlackBerry and stream the entire Podcast on Fire network. Once you're in the program, type in Podcast on Fire network, and that'll get you the option to add each show individually. The uh, co-author of the intro and outro to this show is Brian Kirby, and you got to buy some cool t-shirts from him, of course. Shelflifeclothing.com, some retro movie-themed artwork and just in general cool cool design from a from an artist uh, great great artist and all of that and uh, your two endeavors joshua your v endeavors varied which uh currently i have a bunch of stuff in the pipeline i have like five blu-rays over there after review and um aside from that the vcinemashow.com Right now, we're kind of taking a hiatus on the podcast or whatever, but they're always doing really cool stuff and all kinds of interesting reviews for, you know, Asian cinema. Always uh, an active blog indeed, so so, so check that out. Uh, you know, I, I did post this to you on private message, but just to, you know, I'm curious. Uh, I saw a link to a movie, a Japanese movie, mm-hmm. uh, and I got... Um, Curious to the extent that uh, I gotta ask Josh about this if the, if it's any good, you know. And the movie was called what was it? Debauch- debauchery. Uh, debauchery, yeah. Debauchery. So yeah. it's that like ooh la la. <laughs> it's a Roman porno with yeah. only one word title. That's uh, no pee, no peeing or such. No, no poop, poop, pee game. So. Uh, there might be some pee in there. <laughs> it, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I gotta think about it. I mean, the average Roman porno title, you're gonna have some urine popping out somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, nah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's a very good one, man. Just uh, about a woman who, uh, turns into a prostitute while her husband is away. <laughs> Yeah, of, of course, course some <laughs> they very, don't call uh, it exploitation cinema for nothing. <laughs> of course, uh, some very you know graphic stuff in there, but uh, it's it's also just uh, very artistic as per usual. Well, very good stuff. Yeah, yeah but the titles are always like, <laughs> what, what is that, that? Cover art too is great. Man. Yeah, I think a woman on her knee on her knees or something yeah, like that. Not offensive at all. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's uh yeah, it's a, one of the new uh, Synapse titles, part of their Nikatsu Roman porno line, and uh, mm. yeah, it's great, man. I, I love Does that stuff releases. even turn up in regular stores, or is that just too filthy to even place in stores? <sighs> man, I, you know, they you, might. You, you go into like a regular whatever store, like uh, <laughs> go go into the foreign section. Can you find this stuff? Well, I've uh, at Best Buy and stuff. I've seen Synapse titles. I don't know if I've seen any of their. Uh, Roman porno stuff. I can't, yeah, I mean, really, it's good. Like Nympho Diver. Or what, <laughs> that's, that's sweet, gonna... almost. Like, is that a new sport? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's an Olympic sport. But, um, no, I don't know if they actually are in stores like that because some of the titles and some of the, you know, the Beaver Book Girl and all that. <laughs> it's a little, you don't want little Timmy walking by that and grabbing it off the shelf. But uh, wow! Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there may be. I'm not sure. I'm not well, well, good. Good on synapse in a way to to get the titles out there and uh, st- stand behind um, relatively you know narrow movies in terms of Japanese movies. We're not talking this pri- premium mainstream cinema that everybody goes after here. You know, There's the- hundreds and hundreds of titles that they you know have the choice of picking and they've been picking some really good stuff you know obviously they go for the uh 
stuff where it's just really completely fucked up or, or what have you. And, uh, you know, some of the movies, you know, I haven't, I don't know if I've ran into any from their Roman porno line that, you know, I've like disliked so far. It's all been really good stuff. So excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get to it eventually because the titles are like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a bad person. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're taking a short musical break, and after that, we are going to review Sex and Sand 2 from 1996. Welcome back, and we are talking, as we said, Sex and Sam 2 from 1996 in the post-category free heyday, really. If we, if we want to be specific about it, 92 through 94 was really like the explosion where everything got shot out and shat out or shit out. Because you, you got so much great stuff and you got so much bad stuff because, you, you know, category free, it sells, booby sells, and we, we'll get into the theaters. You know, they had dedicated category free cinemas at one point. Uh, because there was so much coming out. Oh, yeah. But this is 1996. But anyway, plot, first of all, um, a slightly shortened one from my friend John Charles' review at Hong Kong Digital of Sex and Sam 2. Loletta Lee stars as Yao, a chaste girl appalled by the non-stop sexual antics of her incredibly horny father, played by Elvis Choi, who, re- who returns from part one, but this is an unrelated sequel, and uh, he's playing, playing a new character. Um... While his daughter Yao is away attending school, disguised as a boy, the beautiful, supernaturally gifted Mirage lady, played by Xu Kei in her Hong Kong film debut, she appears in the province. She is pursued by the demon fighter Iron Man, played by Ben M from Red to Kill. You know, he's a hero in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, got some wicked makeup, too. They gave him, uh, they gave him a makeover. You know. He's also a billionaire, and, uh, you know, he builds a suit in the movie. Yes, <laughs> and uh, he and his friend—he's got this uh, general friend or whatever—and like he builds another suit, and it's like this black suit, and then like they're fighting like all these guys and stuff like that. It's great, man. Nuclear reactors in his chest too—it's like insane. Hmm. Right. <laughs> A confused Marvel fan on on the line. <laughs> general, general Iron. Man, man, sore, man. He goes back to China. And exactly. stuff, I'm going like. to take this and I'm going to sit there and go pass it off as the new Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, just go on Twitch and post like anonymously and get uh, get hits. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, pursued by Demon Fighter Iron Man, played by Ben U, she engages that is Mirage Lady, a Taoist, uh, a Taoist, to change her form and adopts the name Xiu Choi, and therefore is is uh, you know is Xiu K almost throughout the movie therefore she's in female form but uh, she is um, a supernaturally gifted one that might be both Hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, she then marries into the Yao family quickly becoming the father's favorite sexual plaything 
with him distracted, she is able to sleep and eliminate almost every female member of the household, drawing life from their sexual outpourings. And uh, to cut John's plot short a little, because I don't want to go into the ending, it's up to the chased Yao to battle the monster to make sure they're not all consumed. Pretty good plot. I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a yeah. plot, after all. Yeah, that was good, yeah. Not just like an uh, uh, excuse for sex scenes and such. You know, it's a, it, a lot of things goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if 8 million was a decent box office take in 1996, but I'm, I'm sure it was not a runaway hit uh, as such. And, and again, 1996 was not the prime year or era for this outpour of Category 3 movies. Uh, you know, they, uh, they were more sporadic, uh, but they, we had some gems. You know, this is, in my opinion, is a gem. Ebola Syndrome came out in 1996, you know, one of the filthiest, smelliest Category 3 movies ever. <laughs> uh, really one of the most depraved. Uh, if, if we're being honest there but one director um in the in the era or post the era always managed to make his mark and that was director cash chin Mankey. that is his english name cash Cash. so so see good old cc good old cc double c yeah and he's the director of The Eternal Evil of Asia, the movie where Elvis Choi turns into a dickhead. That was made the year before. So he's the director of The Fruit is Swelling, which is the Category 3 version of uh, Tom Hanks, the Tom Hanks movie Big. But the girl that it stars uh, that wishes to be big has no... I always need to state this. Uh, she has no sex scenes, that character, even though she goes from a girl to a beautiful woman. She has no sex scene. But it is a rather sweet and goofy movie, to be really honest. Um, I liked it. Cash Chin directed Naked Poison and the underrated um, The Forbidden Legend Sex and Chopsticks movies that came out in 2008 or nine, I believe. And latest movies, they're also acclaimed, actually, 2011's uh, The 33D Invader. And the cash has got a... You know, it's the marvelous thing. I haven't seen that one, though, yet, but it's a marvelous thing. He has gotten good remarks across the board as a filmmaker knowing what he's doing and not being pretentious about it he, he's got a feel for the period erotic zaniness and comedy and darkness uh he had it back then he still has it now uh so he has both you know he has his foot in both eras but not in one of those longing for better times ways you know what i mean so you know, he, he's got the touch. <laughs> he's got the power. But, you know, that's uh, that's the soundtrack to Cash Chin's, um, <laughs> you know, tra- traits and story, I suppose. You know, he's got the touch still, and I look forward to him being able to make more movies. And, you know, we, we got a cover of the 33D Invader, definitely. Uh, it, uh, it stars more or less uh, uh, Japanese um, actresses, but got some Hong Kong talent in there. Uh, because there, there's, not, there's not a lot of Hong Kong talent left that wants to take the clothes off and stuff like that, so... Pussies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, they won't show that either. So, uh, Anthony uh, Wong, man, back in the day, would have friggin' shown his cock on screen if it was yep. that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have any woman to put in the movie, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have to ask him twice, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. But but the notion of bringing Japanese actresses into category three movies was nothing new, you know, you, you had it all the way back in Sex and Sand and what have you, so uh. Uh, definitely nothing new because the the talent pool from the 
the AV market, if you will, because I, I think that's what they got most of them. Uh, that was not a, you know, a, a sparse talent pool, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they, they got to be put into well-costumed and well-made movies, all of them, too. So it was not like they went from video porn to video porn in Hong Kong, uh, necessarily. So uh, the, uh, that's kind of a career booster, I would say. Uh, so uh, the 33D Invader, uh, definitely checking that out at some point. Uh, do, do you remember at least watching maybe The Internal Evil of Asia, even though you didn't connect the name Cash Chin to it? Nah, yeah, I've never connected the chin. Uh, the, never connected the chin. <laughs> never connected with his name, yeah, no. But, uh, but, 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 but did, did, you watch, uh, did you watch that particular movie, The Eternal Evil of Asia? No, but I have seen plenty of uh, The Dickhead. Yeah. It's a wonderful um, uh, makeup, uh, prosthetic makeup thing where uh, Elvis is kind of like insult- insulting this uh, black magic magician played by Ben Um. So it's like, uh, you know, pew! And then he's uh, turned into a dickhead. Like, yeah. you know, some movies, like, if, I'd have, if I would have saw that film first, that would probably be the movie where, you know, Elvis Choi, like, jumped into, like, my film lexicon. Like, I would know who he is. It was after that. But mm-hmm. uh, Sex and Sin 2 was probably that movie for me. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, who the fuck? Who is this guy? Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's this man like writing his autograph in the sand with his penis? I got more. Who is this maniac? <laughs> it's like, I mean, sometimes you'll see an actor in a million different roles, and just it—he never, he or she never sticks with you. You never, you know, actually take the time to like figure out who that is. Kind of like a lot of those little great character actors and stuff that you just never sit there and take the time to find out their name but occasionally some role will come along where it's like you know either they're completely bombastic or they're really good or something like that and you immediately have to just like go okay wait what's his name again or what's her name and that's that's sex and sin too for elvis joy and mm. you know for me and uh, and a beautiful a beautiful uh, english name to boot you know the king you know, he's Elvis. He's Elvis, the king of uh, Category 3. And really, oh. that's where, that's where, in all honesty, people noticed him more. But he'd been, you know, in movies and been a character actor for, for several years. Been was in mm-hmm. uh, Long Arm of the Lord 2 and 4. I'm not sure he was in 3. Possibly he was, but play, playing different characters and really making an um, an imprint. Because he, he, he is a nasty-looking fella and can't project that. Uh, too, but he's a fantastic actor, though. Uh, no two ways about it, and is hilarious as well. Oh, and, he's, uh, he's on fire in this. So the fruit is swelling. He said he plays um, uh, the father of that character, and uh, he's married to your um, kind of your movie uh, movie crush uh, love kind of thing. He's married to Kingdom Yun. Uh, so, but they don't have any. She, she never went nude or anything. Kingdom what? Yun, but she was in several category three movies. She's in Secret Lover. She's in a Chinese torture chamber story. Uh, she's in The Fruit Is Swelling and uh, Rape by an Angel, of an course. Angel. So, yeah. so um, uh, yeah, so The Fruit Is uh, Swelling, we definitely got to check out because uh, you know that that'll make a show right there. You know the you know the Hong Kong erotica version of Big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. mentioned it. It's been mentioned on here several mm. times. So it's got to be done at some point. But uh, that's uh, that's uh, the minor background there. In short, first of all, and therefore, even though you hinted at it, but in short, first of all, what did you think of Sex and Sin 2 this time, I suppose? Mm, well, let's see. I would say it's, you know, a very pragmatic and wonderful piece of art uh, displaying, uh, you know, a juxtaposition of, you know, 
the thoughts of the free love movement during the 60s as a put <laughs> no there's <laughs> boobies <laughs> boobies fun. everywhere it's fun yeah. <laughs> I like the video the movies and a whole but no, yeah it's a uh, it's a insane crazy comedy uh very over the top a mm-hmm. lot of lot of fun Mm. Yeah, that's probably my thoughts on that. Yeah, and, it's uh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll stop it right there and go into more details as we go along. For me, it's a blast, precisely for the mm-hmm. reasons I stated. Mainly thanks to Cash Chin at the helm, and then it you know trickles down to everyone else. Uh, he focuses well on delivering, in this case, because he made dark movies too. In this case, the zaniness, the outrageous supernatural elements, uh, all on a quite a tight budget. But that's where your creativity comes in, and because everyone seems to enjoy this and uh, it's steered by someone with a sense of uh, being able to create on a minor budget mm-hmm. uh, it, it gives us something so much that is so much fun it can't match Sex and Sam 1 but it doesn't try to as such because uh, again it's not a, a remake of the story in the carnal prayer mat or anything yeah it so, does have some penis play though similar to it's the, uh, the, 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 the only like connection to the Connor mm-hmm. Prey is actually the following. You know, the, the start of the movie is the narration mm-hmm. uh, talking of the most famous uh, erotic novels in Chinese history, which is the Connor Prey the Plum in the Golden Vase, which is actually the, uh, the, the movie's Forbidden Legend, Sex and Chopsticks, were based on the Plum in the Golden Vase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, the, the first one is actually kind of wacky and fun, and the second is uh, because the story dictates it it's really fucking dark <laughs> so uh and, Ka- and cashier does well you know you got exploding penises and blood galore and uh, and, uh, oh, and and sex on swings and all of that you know we and then mm-hmm. into and out and into and out and, you know <laughs> uh but the, the narrator summarizes it uh, summarizes it a little bit but the only like a connection to sex and sand one that they make and that's not a strained connection is the fact that we get a penis transplant here as well mm-hmm. in the first movie it was Lawrence's character wanting a bigger penis so he got a horse penis right. uh, in this one uh, we'll, we'll discuss it more but uh, it's more mechanical let's just say that <laughs> and, go, and not really f- gadget dick <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, what, man. that's what it is that is oh man that, I'm glad you thought of that. Uh, that, that I would never thought of that but you're right it's a go go gadget dick <laughs> But okay, it's. Um, I'm glad it is, it's not a lazy, uh, lower budget version of the same story, and uh, there's no time wasted here in confirming that because the opening scene of Elvis' choice uh, is uh, so- something. I mean, you you remember Elvis from this movie, and surely the first few scenes or frames was like. Who is this guy? So, so you know, he practic- he's practicing. That's the, his um, his prowess with his dick in this movie. So, what do you want to say about this scene in general? Was it this scene that made an impression on you? Uh, no, no, I think it, the whole film, you know, him as a whole in this, because like every scene he's in, he's just going way over the top and being awesome. But uh, yeah, it starts off on you know running basically uh, with. You know, Elvis Choi doing cock push-ups or what have you, and uh, sitting there writing, you know, long, you know, soliloquies in the sand with his penis, and uh, and and training with a bull, a tug of war with a bull. He he yeah. attaches he attaches his dick 
to a rope but, and uh, the other side of the rope is atta- attached to the bull's scrotum <laughs> and what happens? Uh, well, he wins. <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking scrotum comes flying and like la- uh, no, it comes flying and, and one of the assistants gets hit in the face with it. Oh, bull balls. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah, high, high perfect claws, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He... Uh... And he's doing this like they they set it up as you know he's you know a big fan of the horny bastard from the first movie like oh, yes. and this is his way of trying to catch up with that guy I guess even though that guy never did any of this. No, I mean not even Elvis himself in Sex and Sand One was akin to this as he was just nasty in Sex and Sand yeah. One you know, uh, force forcing stuff up up vaginas uh, that you shouldn't force that hard and all of that you know it was evil in that movie it was not fun yeah. um, but uh, I, watching the sequence and all of that you, you wonder like is Cash Chin literally blowing his wad early yeah. uh, but, but <laughs> no, I, because yeah. it's like let's go you know let's go <laughs> but uh, I would say no <laughs> actually no, no. I, it, it gets crazier as it goes along mm. Uh, but um, and Elvis really is dominating this movie uh, initially, you know. And uh, I, I love his. Um, it's a kind of a fake old, timey way of delivering dialogue. But also Elvis is. They often often tap into this way of uh, delivery with him. You know, he's almost bursting. That's how much he is. Mm. You know, talking and acting. And uh, even though this is a post-synced movie and therefore dubbed. It's, uh, you know, it's still like you're just waiting for vessels to, like, pop for Elvis. <laughs> you know, he is a big presence, literally. You know, he's, a, he's not a tiny man or anything, and uh, mm. and uh, the character is well endowed. Or, I, when making my notes, I, I I kept drawing a comparison. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Brian Blessed from um, Blackadder? Mm, no. Like, he's a really big uh, uh, bearded guy. He plays the king yeah, in uh, Blackadder. Blackadder. But he's always like, he's talking like this! <laughs> You know, he's a big Shakespearean actor and all of that, but he's hilarious. He's in Flash Gordon as well somewhere. Oh, wow. uh, so uh, it, it kind of, uh, for this viewing, I it kind of drew, drew a comparison to Brian, Ble- Brian Blessed in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, But uh, what do you, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much you followed Shu K no, at, at all. But... Really, but I know of her more than anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was um, I was following her like a far, four or five years after her initial success at this time because she was successful at this time, mm-hmm. uh, and I was so inspired by that because here here got an actress that uh, you know obviously started out in 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 this you know erotic category three movie, and that's not your golden ticket into mainstream movies at all. No, but she did it. The thing is, she did it. She she went on to make Viva Erotica, the Category Three movie about making Category Three movies, the Derek Yee co-directed movie, and she won, I think, two awards for that movie: uh, Best Newcomer and possibly Best Supporting Actress, and just came out of a gate running as well. You know, movie by movie was just, oh my god, she's amazing. I mean, she was in even with uh, Ho Sha Shen and. Uh... Millennium Mambo, which is like super art house, you know, super, mm-hmm. you know, awards, you know, worthy, I guess, or what have you. It's like mm-hmm. so far removed from Sex and Zen 2 that you can possibly get, you know. Yeah, and I remember also loving her in Love is Not a Game but a Joke, which was a romantic drama. She played a, she played a police woman who tried to look up her 
um, ex-boyfriend. And as the movie goes on, it turns really emotional. And she has this um, scene where she spots him at a karaoke, uh, singing with someone else, doing what they'd been doing before. Uh, uh, and and the way I mean, crying scenes is you know a hit or miss for me. But the way she cries in this scene, she just looks at him, and it's like someone just turned the hose on. They just keep the tears came streaming down her face, and I've never seen anything like it. And uh, she was nominated for that one. She won an award for Portland Street Blues, which was a spin-off movie from the Young and Dangerous universe for Sandra M's uh, gangster uh, boss, uh, Sister Thirteen, which was a lesbian. Uh, Gangster, uh, gangster boss, but it's a really good drama. She plays a, um, a drug addict in that movie, and uh, I, yeah, drug addict uh, awards automatically and all of that. But she, she's so good, and that '90s run was amazing. And uh, and I, I, it's really inspiring to see someone go from an, a fun wearing movie a fake like penis. yeah, wearing a fake penis in a really fun movie <laughs> yeah. to, to winning awards like the same year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Viva Erotica, she plays this category three actress that is not uh, necessarily easy to work with, but she's also very sweet. And uh, Elvis Choice is playing a category three actor, and uh, and, and it's yeah, amazing typecasting, but <laughs> but uh, it shows that wonderful side to which is not revolutionary that this is movies and behind the movies uh, he's a family man and he's a very you know kind family man and this is his on screen thing and. Uh, and uh, you know, if you, we, we're going to cover Viva Erotica because it's in that mold of uh, movies about making category three movies. I think there are about three of them. Uh, that one, Temptation Summary Two, uh, Lee Chung Ling is in that one. Very funny movie. And something called it's supposed to be called Legend of an Erotic Movie Star, but um, the poster and the laserdisc title is Ledgen, L-E-D-G-E-N, of Erotic Movie Star. So. <laughs> but, but it's a yeah t- type of galore, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I always call it lead again because it's a bit of a lead again. <laughs> lead again. Uh, but uh, that that that's a that's um that's a love letter to Shuke, and I really like her era at this uh, this uh, time. But uh, anyway, back to uh, Sex and Sand Two. It it rarely stops because in many movies you got the you you got the age or you like hiding someone hiding that you're getting a blowjob under a table scene. Oh God. <laughs> but, but what Cash Chin does here is like, uh, um, let's let's uh, turn it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that sequence is like so insanely over the top. Like uh, you've got uh, Elvis Choi. I mean, it's so obvious that he's getting a blowjob underneath the table. Cause, really? Well, well really? I, I <laughs> that or he's like having his legs grinded into like by like a meat grinder or something like that like the whole table either... is shaking that that's his josh that is josh's <laughs> point the whole table is shaking <laughs> the, well, the whole table is shaking and he is like he's like not holding his composure at all he's trying to talk to his daughter who doesn't know anything uh, at, mm-hmm. at this point like, hi daddy yeah. <laughs> like she barely noticed like is something going on? I can't tell. I wonder if something's going on underneath that table. That looks kind of a little weird. It's like, what the fuck? Look at this. <laughs> it's like rocking back and forth, you know. Almost, yes. It's almost turning over, essentially. <laughs> and she is, uh, the, the woman that is giving the blowjob, she is, she mm. is, she is class, A, mm-hmm. in that regard. <laughs> She's committing to the role. 
So, I mean, it has to go to serious bone in its body, but here's the difference, you know, it's not a great thing, Hong Kong erotica comedy or anything. It's really, really funny, and uh, it's got an energy that is infectious and right, and that starts with the filmmaking, in all honesty. Uh, when Hong Kong cinema comedy, erotic or not, was grating, that meant the filmmaker wasn't good or focused at all. It's just like, uh, let's put that there, you know, put some IR in there. And put some uh, perverts in there, and put someone with glasses in there who uh, who is a bit of a pervert too, and that'll be good. You know, cut print, cut print, The movie like kind of just creates its own logic. You know, I mean, the the it starts off with like that narration. You know, talking about how, you know. Section Zen 1, you know, was supposed to teach everybody a lesson, but, you know, everybody wants to rape women now, and, like, da 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 Yeah, it actually says that. <laughs> it literally, yeah, it says that, even though, like, that's what gets me, is, like, yeah, they talk about rape and rape and rape, but there's really, like, no, almost no rape in the movie, other than when the monster starts coming out or what have you, but, mm-hmm. you know, primarily the women get into the sex just as much as the men do, but, uh, yeah, it's its own logic, and it's bizarre as hell. It, it's, it's really a ride, too, because I'm sure you notice that the camera rarely is sitting still. It oh, is twirling God. and spinning all about the place, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. That, that's an infectious thing. Or, or What did you think of that? Uh, it literally feels like a ride. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always... Uh, zooming is always on a track, or it's always being lifted or carried somewhere, or pushed forward or zoomed mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And, and it's not dissing, though. It's not a, a shaky cam situation where you're like, stop it. It's like, hey, this is fun. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, listening to, uh, what's his name? I forget. The director of Gosford Park. I remember watching, you know, which is a very different sort of movie. Uh, Robert Altman? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Altman, right? I know. Robert Altman uh, in a Sex and Sen 2 podcast. <laughs> exactly. I remember listening to him uh, talk about Gasford Park and, like, um, you know, during even, like, slow scenes in that film where, like, the, the camera's just slightly moving throughout it. Like he said, he always wanted to keep the camera moving. I don't really remember his purposes why, but, you know, this is to the extreme of that, mm-hmm. you know, the polar opposite in terms of like uh speed and you know atmosphere this one's just constantly moving but constantly moving at like breakneck speeds Mm -hmm. and really i've not seen too many movies of this kind um do it like this or do it as well anyway so i think and it's not revolutionary style or anything but i like that it's uh it constantly moves because of the the camera being active and we're we're on board with the ride uh, therefore and all that um, well, you, I, I think, I mean, n- now I've even forgotten, I think it was um, Elvis Choi's character is actually also in, an inventor, or has inventors around him, because uh, one of the most uh, magical elements of this movie that people will remember as well is the fact that uh, Loletta Lee's character has put on her the chastity armor. Oh my god. And this is a dangerous contraption. <laughs> Um, this will cut and slice you if you try to uh, stick your penis in there. And um... <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's inspiring. I mean, it's been seen in movies every now and again. I think. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, but th- that's inspiring the way they like demonstrated by putting s- something in the hole, and then it's just like a really uh, deadly pencil sharpener. You know, what I mean? yeah. because it does. <laughs> 
Like, uh, and she gets to have that on her. That feels dangerous as well. But uh, I, I suppose it's very safe because here's the. It's almost out of like a very filthy Q branch of, you know, of the period. You know what I mean? Because it's a good invention, but it's like Q branch uh, dealing in sex toys or something. I don't know. James, I've got a chastity belt for you. And uh, and and the puns to to go along with that uh, that I can't come up with now, but uh, that 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 is like very inspiring and uh, and um, no one really gets hurt by it as such, um, if I remember correctly. So we don't get a graphic scene where someone's penis is just ground to to nothing or anything. Unfortunately. So uh, that 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 would have been the payoff, you know what I mean? So the, don't you go near my daughter again. <laughs> You do kind of, well, you get a little something, but nothing, yeah, like where it's uh, very bad, you know. It looks like, um, almost, really, to, um, looks like um, Carrie Fisher's uh, golden bra in Return yeah, of the Jedi. totally, yeah. But Just uh, the, there's like um, teeth on the, uh, near the vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful design, but. Uh, um, Great prop, yeah. The sequence, um, I don't know if you noticed this, depending on if, you, if you've seen a uh, variation of the old Butterfly Lover story that has been made into movies. It's made into the Charlie Hawk movie, The Lovers, the old musical Lover Turn, the Charlie Choi movie, Butterfly Lovers. But they spoof this kind of in the sequence where Loletta Lee's character goes to school as a boy and, oh. go, and goes to the, out, the class that's outside with all the men and all of that. But the spoof is that all the men are apparently learning uh, um, erotic uh, poems. Yeah. That's part of, like, you know, the weird, uh, you know, atmosphere of the movie. Like, you know, everybody, every male in the movie is just completely and utterly obsessed with sex. There's Mm -hmm. nothing else going on in any of their lives. They, you know, dedicate all of their personal time to it. And then when they go to school, they're also, you know, it's all about sex. You know, I I even wrote down one of, like, whatever the teacher's saying in in the scene. He goes... The dick and cock of men are both looking for pretty, sexy girls. <laughs> like, this is what they're learning at school in ancient China, apparently. And, and essentially, they're sitting there reading poetry or, lo- or writing poetry, uh, akin to what a school situation in that case would be like. But but uh, and, and but when they're not in class and have free time, I suppose oh uh, I suppose a little masturbating contest is in order, isn't it, Joshua? <laughs> <laughs> apparently if we go by this movie universe logic i mean holy hell <laughs> what the, what they do is they uh they all stand in a line and then they drop trowel and then they whack off and then whoever shoots their load you know the furthest is the winner apparently of, of what <laughs> i don't remember the prize no, so. yeah honor <laughs> glory what's funny is like well, it's, it's bizarre <laughs> that, like, uh, you know, I guess he'd be our co-main protagonist or what have you. He comes along and, like, you know, the big bully of the school or whatever, he, you know, wins the contest the first go-around. And he's, you know, putting down on everybody else. Like, yeah, I shot my load way far. <laughs> and uh, so that our, like, co-main guy, he walks up and, you know, 
of course he's like challenging him to uh, another a whack off. Yeah, another <laughs> whack off. <laughs> it's so like they have a second contest, and it's like I'm thinking, holy hell, it's not very fair for like. The other guy, you know, he's got to sit there and jerk off immediately again, you know, <laughs> like turn around and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like what? Like this, this guy, man. And and all and all and all, obviously Loletta Lee is here and trying to, you know, avoid seeing this and trying to avoid um, revealed uh, be revealed as a boy and all of that. Everybody thinks she's a woman, of course, yeah. because she dresses in like a man sh- shirt thing mm. you know which i've always loved that about hong kong yeah, yeah that, you that, always see that exactly they don't try to hide it with uh, by you know painting a mustache or beard oh. on her or anything it's like it's always been that pl- uh, convention is said about that uh, uh, you know even going back to like uh, i don't know come drink with me you know when you see mm. cheng pei pei i don't think uh, uh i think she plays a boy you know the way she dresses and then when she lets her hair down, eventually in the movie, like, oh my god. <laughs> well, that can be really confusing, too, at times. Like, there's been movies, uh, let me, I can't think of which film it is that, like, really got me one time. Like, I watched it, and they had, a, it's the same convention, but the girl's, like, so, you know, beautiful that I'm watching it and everything like that, and I'm like, oh, she's hot, you know? And then, like, halfway through the movie, I finally figured out, oh, wait, she's supposed to be pretending to be a dude? Because and everybody's like convinced of it, but you know the guy the guy in the movie kept referring to her as like uh, not brother, but it was it was some Chang Chang movie, but uh, like you know cousin or something like that or whatever. And, and I never got it until you know the movie was almost over that this chick was supposed to be fooling everybody. It wasn't until she let her hair down and the, you know oh you're a woman what. Like, even though you've been wearing makeup for the entire film, and, you know, you obviously are very attractive. Mm. I, I, I think it's not like the Hong Kong cinema audience is dumb or anything. I just think mm. that, 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 that's what they did, and everybody it's expects like, it to be like that. Well, she's still got to be beautiful, you know? Mm. I think that's what it is. It's like, you know, well, we ain't going to sit there and uglify, you know, our main woman, you know? We're going to sit there and she's still going to be hot, but everybody else can just use their, you know, effing imagination. Uh, but okay, let's move on to the penis transplant sequence. Um, <laughs> so let's talk uh, some penis transplants. And, and, and I suppose uh, the character, like the scholar or what have you, he did lose his penis, but I don't remember now. It, uh, he, didn't, he didn't lose it to the chastity armor, right? Yeah. Oh, he did? Okay. I, yeah. I don't know why I forgot about that, because all I remember is the actual um, replacement penis that he gets. Uh, uh, again, again, I just got to set up a little bit here. Uh, again, in the first one, it was Ken Chang as the, the uh, transplanter who replaced Lawrence Wim's tiny penis with a horse penis uh, in a very fun uh, sequence and all of that. And uh, the result was really fun because his boner is like three meters long or what have you. Uh, so, you know, success. But And you don't see it on screen. You just accept the fact that surgery is that good. Here um, it turns uh, mecha almost, you know, <laughs> or rather Inspector Gadgety. That uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, Wong Jatfei plays the um, uh, organ transplanter, and um, viewers have seen him in Shaolin Soccer. He plays Ironhead in Shaolin Soccer, so he, he's the one. Uh, he's like a character actor you never notice until like five hundred movies in. I'm like, hey, <laughs> other guy, yeah. Uh, but. Um, what do you want to say about this uh, sequence and the end result in terms of uh, the penis that this scholar gets? 
I'm, well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really impressed by the end result. To be really honest, <laughs> it's yeah. a bit problematic. <laughs> I don't think like it's one of those things. Just like you know, if if you really think about like a horse penis attached to a guy, that's not gonna look good. You know, it doesn't look like a human penis. You know, so it's like be kind of. Uh, it looked big anyway, and they were impressed in that movie, and that's the movie universe you go with, you know. So. Right, <laughs> and it's the same thing with this, where every time we get a shot of the the Wang, it doesn't look anything like you know, it's not flesh covered or anything like that. It's literally like you know metal that pokes up in front. Like, and it also has all these gadgets to it and whatever. It has like an umbrella, like it comes out, and, like there's a blade to it. There's a spinning saw. And, uh, you know, it, you know, the only thing you don't see is it looking like a penis. Actually, <laughs> It's never really used either. You know, Mm-mm, it's only not. used at one point later in the movie to send out the smoke. Yeah. Oh yeah, and also it's, it emits smoke. I forgot about that. Yeah, but it's wonderful. Like post operation, it, it the fucking thing is out of control. So the guy is like spinning out of control, and they're like, oh my god, it's you know, it literally is taking him places. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, and I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like you said, it's just the logic of the movie that, of course, they'd have this kind of technology back in whatever year this is, you know, or what have you, and you just kind of go with ultimately it. Ultimately, it's a gag, too. Yeah, ultimately, oh, yeah. it's a gag, too. It's not really relevant to the plot, because this character is not the main character. It's the women that are right. the main characters, you know. The ultimate battle is between Loletta Lee and Shu Kei and not this dope. Yeah, and, like, the only reason, the only plot, you know, element that comes out of it is we find, you know, we kind of it's the location where we kind of learn about the uh, Mirage woman and we meet Binong and everything like that. I like the extra that Wong Yat-Fei throws in, you know, uh, you know, he, you know, as an extra, uh, you can get some hair for the dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think you might want to get some flesh to cover that friggin' thing ahead of yeah. anything else. But it's all really well-timed and it works and you go with the flow and all of that and and i said it's a low-budget movie obviously it looks solid the costumes are are good and it's all colorful and all of that so uh but thanks to all this movement and these guys this movie pops a little uh, compared to other movies Uh, I actually like the nice slow development of plot and reveal in Shuke's character because it's not like we know exactly what goes on from the moment we see her eyes or anything. So it's gradually revealed uh, that she is this, uh, you know, woman-male uh, hybrid. <laughs> uh, and a monster, essentially. So and it's... Scorpion lady monster yeah, man so, so, thing. Yeah, it's... Uh, exactly. It's not easy to say... Uh, <laughs> one word what she is in one word what she is uh, what the hell's going on with it yeah no <laughs> no idea and if anything it's a little bit of a horror movie eventually because mm-hmm. we get a you know uh almost essentially a rape scene akin to a live urutsuki doji <sighs> totally man jeez uh, it's um, where like tentacles are co- covering this poor poor woman and just mm-hmm. take taking her you know everywhere essentially it's it's not obviously not as graphic as that um that ova that anime uh but it's um it's a pretty full-on nasty sequence uh, which makes me think that 
Come on, Cash Chin, you know, how to stab at the Urtsukadoji. <laughs> the, um, the tentacles even entered her mouth, like, during mm-hmm. that sequence, during that weird, you know, what have you. It's almost like a dream sequence, but it's reality, you know, it just has a very surreal vibe to it. But yeah, the tentacles even enter the mouth and everything like that, which is like a, a staple that you see in, like, these, uh, you know, anime films with uh, the tentacle rape going on, what have you. Mm-hmm. But obviously no, not hardcore or anything, but yeah, it's, no. um, it goes for it quite a bit. And uh, this is actually, I'll talk of this a little bit at the tail end of this discussion. This sequence is actually in the version we watched, uh, uncut. It's actually uh, the original Category 3 version of this scene is actually quite shorter. Uh, we are looking at 20-30 um, seconds longer, um, uh, bits and pieces within this sequence. So uh, even for Category 3 rating, this sequence is a bit too much for sensors. Category four, I suppose so. Yes, or unrated. So, uh, so, so it's a bit of a mystery and a bit of a horror movie here that uh, is not uh, bad or anything. And I know Cash Chain can do darkness and all of that, so I'm, I'm not uh, surprised at all uh, that uh, the mix, uh, the mix is there. But the mix doesn't clash. That, that's no. also the point. No, it, it stays. I mean, it, it gets kind of uh, heavy during the you know, finale or what have you. But you know, primarily when you think about this film, you're going to think about you know how lighthearted it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that that clashes well with <clears throat> the original film because even though it's been a while since I've you know watched the original Sex and Sin, I still when I think of it, I think of you know horse penis and I think of the yeah. fun stuff. And uh, it, it's know. darker essentially only when it comes to Elvis Choice character, who, who is a madman rapist in that one, and yeah. uh, with a huge penis, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing, <laughs> you know, for him maybe, but not for the characters that he inflicts it on and all of that. So. Um. And by the time we get to the third film, you know, I don't think of the, you know, that fun kind of anymore, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to and that. Uh, I don't want to spoil this, so I'm just going to mention a little bit about the climax there. Um, that is, I can say this, it's between Loletta Lee and Shuke. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like uh, either that they didn't have any more ideas about how to convey it, because it seems like the least outrageous sequence because it's not a whole it's not a tentacle showdown or anything as such it's a pretty it's a it's a lesbian scene with some some weird stuff in it occasionally you know what i mean rather than a full-on assault right um, yeah no, it's, uh, but it's, you know you know not yeah, a bad thing it's like a, whoa <laughs> what is that yeah you know you, you get that moment obviously as well so it's a it's a success in that regard i suppose yeah um so that's kind of the end of my notes. I approve. It's a lot of fun. I didn't like it back in the day, but I know that I've gone uh, become way stupider over the years. <laughs> and therefore, I lost a lot of brain cells. Absolutely, so. and therefore, this is um, I can approach yes. this a lot better. It's true. It's true. I, I, it's like <laughs> dramas that I liked and like wrote a lot about back in the day when mm-hmm. we're watching it now. It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> But, but you know, it, it is that. I, I've had tuned my mind or just my mind has went, and I believe in the latter. No. Definitely. Yeah, de- definitely, but it's, um, I, I like being here, too. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just become uh, receptive to different things, I think. But um, I, I suppose. I mean, art, art house, to be really serious, I think I was more receptive to in, in the day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 10 years back, 5 years back, whatever. Nowadays, not so much. I mean, it's a case-to-case basis, but uh, usually it's uh, more infuriating than anything else. Yeah, Millennium Mambo, yeah. yeah. Uh, not a movie I'm keen to watch, because I, I'm not... It, don't. What, what I know of uh, 
House uh, Xiaoxian. It's oh. not my kind of filmmaker. No, you'd hate it. <laughs> well, what was the movie you watched at V-Cinema that he directed? Oh, uh, uh, which one was it? Dragon Inn? Or Goodbye yep, Dragon Inn? Goodbye Dragon Inn. <laughs> I'll never forget Stan's reaction to that. <laughs> and, and I knew from uh, hearing Stan that I would probably be somewhat in that camp too because I, I get easily frustrated but I'm also like not for me kind of stance as well but maybe that would infuriate me too to the point where like everybody else is retarded and I'm right up I don't know not that Stan said that but uh, maybe it would infuriate me uh, to that degree like um yeah that like a film like that man it it's a little bit of like the Emperor's New Clothes, you know, you, you kind of start to feel that way at least, you know, where it's a, it's a movie where technically nothing happens and you start to kind of feel like somebody's playing a game or something, you know, somebody's playing a trick on you, like you're supposed to watch it and go, okay, this is really deep or something like that when in actuality it's just the guy shot it or whatever. I was like, man, they're going to, people are going to fucking go crazy when they see this. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a movie like, I appreciated it for what it is, you know, and I could sit there and kind of like, okay, well, they're being a bit pretentious with this, but I can kind of go with it, you know, it kind of has some good shots and everything like that, but yeah, it's a movie where literally like nothing happens, and like a lot of those films kind of are, you know, those... Mm. uh, yeah, and uh, I suppose the Millennium Member also drew viewers because the most posted artwork is of uh, showcase smoking and having a white bra on, so it's like... Right. But, it, uh, it, I've seen it, I believe, and uh, as well. But like, I watched that in, like Cyclo back in the day or whatever, mm-hmm. which uh, has a little. That was probably that movie there of, of you know those type of films probably had the most going on. But mm-hmm. a lot of the films like that, you know, I mean, it's for different audiences, I guess. And you know, yeah, you know, sure, sure. I can I can get into anything, and you know, I can kind of enjoy it for what it is. But uh, if you don't, you got to have a lot of patience going into movies like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Which for uh, this, this, you know, going back to Section Zone Two, you oh, yes. much patience. You know, you just <laughs> jump right in and hey, you know, there's a guy, you know, sticking his penis in the sand. Let's yeah. go for it. And as for availability, it's good, thankfully. Uh, May I put it out way back in the day as part of their anamorphic widescreen remastered program because they upgraded a lot of their titles and this never had a DVD release prior so it was a a debut but that is out of print but Panorama in Hong Kong has issued uh, or reissued I don't know if they struck a new transfer the movie on both DVD and Blu-ray I can't comment on the quality of either but it's affordable and it's available and it's English subtitled and all of that Uh, I knew uh, no, that Maya's version was the Category 3 version, and therefore I was cut in places. Uh, I can't comment if uh, Panorama version had uh, additional stuff or not, but the Australian full-screen DVD, which was English dubbed only, I believe, and an unsubbed, in terms of English, Japanese DVD, had access to a print that added about 100 seconds of uh, sex and violence in the in the tentacle rape sequence. There's um, another rape sequence, I think, involving Elvis Choi and Shu Kei. And uh, just bits and pieces here and there, uh, adding up to 100 seconds, with the majority of it being in that tentacle rape uh, sequence. Yeah. And we will post a link to the moviecensorship.com report on it uh, that illustrates uh, the differences with the screen captures and what have you. So check out the link in the show post for that. And all that. But the, the Category 3 version is by no means, you know, you know a butchered vision or anything. Uh, it's uh, just that there was a print 
struck by someone or requested by someone and uh, and and it is you know uh, available in good quality throughout you know what i mean rather than inserted you know lower grade uh, low grade footage so if you're an you know la blue girl fan and you're going into this looking for tentacle rape well you know which version to get i suppose so yes in japan nonetheless it is <laughs> you know they, they got it and they can show it too oh yeah so um but that, that's Sex and, Sex and Zen 2. I'm still struggling with my grammar. It's with boobies and boobies too. <laughs> I don't know. We're exhausted after talking so much boobies. But we've got to talk some more. After more break. boobies? Oh yes. Gosh. And Elvis, more Elvis Choi. <laughs> so, oh, hell yeah. So f- let's fast forward to 1998 and Sex and Zen 3. And uh, after a break, that'll happen. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and we are going to um, review Sex and Sand Free from 1998 and plot from Love HK Films' review of the film. Probably written by Koso. The plot follows new prostitutes Susan, played by Karen Jung, Fanny Tang Yi, and Chin Yun, played by Chung Chun from Rape by an Angel 2. She played the sister of uh, Fina Chu's character that dies, and she is also the lead in Fruit is Swelling. So uh, she had a, a brief career at this point. Uh, uh, they are inducted into the Fragrance House brothel where they are trained in the ways of lovemaking by their veteran Madame Tall Cow. Eventually, all three enter circulation where Susan is crowned the top prize and becomes enamored of budding scholar Chu Chiang, played by Xu, Xu Chun Yung, an actor I'm not familiar with at all. Fanny is jealous behind uh, all means, and uh, though she's bought by famous horse trader Sir Loy, played by Elvis Choi, making his third appearance in the series yeah. as yet another character. Uh, she gets bought but still plans her revenge on Susan and eventually the typical torture of the innocent naked girl for sheep frill stuff happens where <laughs> again Koso writing wonderful plots while Chu the scholar learns various wacky sexual positions to get Susan back <laughs> that's true that's true yeah, yeah. can't be still working serious about it that's what happens uh, mm. This is from the Wong Jin camp of 1998, and it's interesting uh, because Wong Jin clearly, to me, in this era of Hong Kong cinema, crisis really. I mean, the 98 more than 96, uh, piracy was taking its toll on the industry, and Wong Jin was trying, you know, to keep people employed and keep the money rolling in and all of that uh, for for a good cause. You know what I mean? Uh, producing commercial uh, commercial movies, you know. But he was still eager to tap into exploitation as per his 90s habits anyway. He was pr- the producer of several 93, 94, 95 uh, movies anyway. Uh, but, uh, for instance, you know, the Rape by an Angel series that started Category 3, that was from 1998 and onwards, Category 2B for possible commercial reasons. Uh, and uh, we, of course, covered the entire series and uh, gave, gave, gave it our view on category 2b rated exploitation so uh but with sex and sand it's not easy to lower the ratings <laughs> as such you know it is what it is and you know and the name is probably in his eyes the name was probably strong enough to warrant a free amidst his category 2b excursions as well 
Um, there was no box office figures on this on Hong Kong Movie Database, but I'm pretty certain it, it wasn't a super hit or anything. Uh, just going by by my my gut feeling. Uh, prior assistant director to Wong Jing was tapped once again to direct uh, um, this movie. It's uh, Aman Chang, and this is one of his. Uh, in total six movies in 1998 all for Wong Jing and the listeners might remember that Aman Chang helmed Rape by an Angel 2 and 3 mm-hmm. and we gave him some props uh, yeah. working on 2 as a stylish director and, uh, and all of that so uh, not at all um, uh, not at all piss poor or anything and, uh, and, no. and clearly a solid worker and uh, could deliver uh, but uh, that's the minor background what do you want to say initially about Sex and Sand 3 what did you think um I think you know. Well, I appre- I appreciate this one for the directions that it does take, but yeah, it's very, I would say, different than the first two movies in the series. Mm-hmm. You know, not nearly as lighthearted, and there's actually kind of a story to this one. You know, <laughs> Let's, don't we hate those? God damn it, gosh darn it! I gotta pay attention to what's going on. Oh man, you know, but. It still gets in some crazy stuff here and there, and there's there's a lot of funny lines in the movie, you know, mm-hmm. either from bad, you know, subtitling or what have you. But uh, it still has some fun to be had in there. But primarily, this one's I think a little bit more dramatic. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's solid enough all around, but it it's has some problems breaking out into um, you know a clean territory in terms of being tragic, in terms of being harsh, and in terms of being fun. Uh, all in one movie, but it does that all with a solid touch, though. So I, I, I don't genuinely dislike it, but I realized it, it's trying but can't really break through that wall, if you will. But um, mm-hmm. not at all one of those low, 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 low rent versions yeah. of, you know, something acclaimed or or reference uh, like Sex and Sense. So. Uh, but it's um, it's kind of confusing at starting because it seems like it turns it, starts like a women in prison movie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that the you know the movie opens up showing a woman in prison and uh, we're getting the narrator's back once again. He's telling us you know about this prison was it Linan? Yeah, like yeah, something like that. Very Linan prison, uh, yeah, harsh and very sadistic. horrible. Yeah, and. Uh, during that sequence, you know, you're introduced to a female protagonist, and, you know, she's on death row, and it's like some prison guards tell her, oh, yeah, you know, if you take care of us, uh, uh, we're going to uh, <laughs> take care of you, and you won't have to be executed. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll sit there and throw somebody else on the chopping block. Well, you know, they end up screwing her over figuratively and literally, and uh, basically save her from being killed you know, during that, but instead feed her to a bunch of other deranged prisoners, and, mm-hmm. you know, but the sequence is about, what, five, ten minutes long, maybe? Yeah, and, and not yeah. a bad setup if it had actually been that kind of movie, uh, uh, but, oh, but right. because the prison does come back, but way later in the movie. It's way later, like, by that point, you're kind of lucky if the audience remembers the name of Lenon. I don't know why I did, if mm-hmm. that's even the name, but something similar to that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you're very lucky if they remember that little introduction because it's it's fairly brief and yeah, it has nothing to do with anything except for setting up how nasty this prison is later. Mm. 
it's a kind of desperate but still uh, a tolerable sequence and and as dark as it is because it ends on a really dark note and the way she like screams like i'll come back and haunt you you would think yeah. like it would be that kind of movie where she returned as a ghost but uh-uh. i thought that was what was gonna happen yeah, yeah i really did i thought okay this is gonna be a ghost movie you know because we've had like kind of supernatural elements and, and it could have like been that. it could have been it sex could. and sand and the ghost revenge movie but, kind of uh, would have made more sense. Yeah. Alas, no. But the the, the gangbang in this movie is kind of, in this sequence is kind of funny because uh, uh, she she doesn't get raped necessarily. She she seems like she enjoys it, and he, she's right. got like five men all over her. Yeah. Uh, I like that they all uh, they all finish at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> and they all slump over her like like, like they do in this movie. It's like when they ejaculate, and you don't see that on screen. But when they're done, they're like essentially drained like a balloon. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like I like that their like their way of doing it too is like just three dudes like, kind of standing around her in a circle, all humping. Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know the physics of that unless one of them's got like a garden hose dick that they're like, you know. Well, it's sex up. and sin. It could have been it a is, garden hose dick. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so it's a. That's fun because I like when men just slump over her. <laughs> the the oh, guy yeah. who takes her from behind with the mustache and all that is like essentially dead and oh. attached to her. <laughs> um, but okay, then cut to the training to be a high class prostitute movie. And yeah. uh, here, Wong Jing uh, uh, doesn't play the politically correct card at all. And uh, maybe it's really he should have. The, uh, because. The, women are objects women are objects and the cliche of um, uh, a black male oh, be, yeah. being well endowed is played here as well because we get even I'm not sure it's the actual um, African American actor uh, who, who's an assistant of some sort uh, I'm not sure it's his penis that uh, oh, they yeah. show but we get full frontal nudity male nudity for a brief flash here and not even a brief flash because you see hey that's I know what that is and, you know it's not a frame like a fucking fight club frame or anything where they're like Boop. it's a big old black wiener right in your face for several seconds so I mean if you're easily offended you shouldn't really watch this movie regardless or listen to us but uh, but Wong Jing doesn't really listen to this podcast no yeah. no no <laughs> but Wong Jing isn't really like uh, structuring 30 gags around this he's black and he's well endowed you know it's uh, it's set up and then you see that character throughout and I think it's um, hinted at that, that he's gay as well really? yeah because, because you remember the scene where he's sitting where the scholar has run away with one of the girls and the assistant of the scholar uh, is he, he, the black guy is like trying to feed him fruit or something in the background and then he's like hey so it's and then see, I think it chases him for a little bit as well. So, is that the um, what is it uh, number thirteen or whatever he calls himself? Uh, uh, something like that. I don't, I don't remember now to be honest. But uh, it's it's it, it's hinted that it's not a, ma- a main character. The main plot here is obviously these girls having been bought from poorer poorer conditions and being brought into higher class uh, prostitute conditions. But still, this is not a, necessarily a a good trade-off because it's a pretty harsh place despite getting constructive education like the sequence like uh i mentioned we mentioned so far like um where these girls are brought in and they're basically treated like horses you know they're inspected for like uh their abilities to please men or what have Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. and uh, all are virgins correct 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I assume that's the thing because uh, you you get more uh, money from buyers if uh, if there's a virgin around. You yeah, know what I mean? so, so we're talking about the slave trade, and yeah. um, yeah, all three women sit, uh, they kneel, you know, face down, ass up on a, uh, on tables, mm-hmm. while uh, our lead, you know, madam walks around inspecting each one, and you know, at least she has positive things to say about each one. <laughs> Yeah, they they have a different category uh, vaginas. Uh, all all of these, you know. <laughs> You're born with the folded vagina. I haven't seen this in many years. <laughs> folded vagina. Yeah, like, I had to work how... many years to fold mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> yeah, to... I don't know. It's some kind of okay. internal exercises. I suppose so. Um, so uh, I wrote down one subtitle, which uh, kind of sums it up, because uh, she inspects them because she, they they need to be good. So obviously right. uh, she says at one point, and this is the translation: first class dick won't enter it's a lousy cunt. cunt. <laughs> I wrote it down too. Yep. <laughs> not a lousy vagina, lousy cunt. So, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting. I'm not saying. Listen, so. <laughs> so. The, I mean, I wrote down a few quotes. <laughs> During that sequence, not a single man can open your iron vagina. Mm-hmm. That was another good one. Yeah, because... yeah, well, yeah. One has a bit of a tight one, so um... yeah, well, too tight for any any male on the planet, apparently, and nothing can be done about it. I mean, it's a sort of wacky sequence, but they don't play it up. They keep it. It's sort of subdued, but still, because of the content here. You're right. It is kind of fun because they the all... subtitles make it like you know. I mean, it is played very straight, but like the the sh- they're saying during this is like hilarious. Mm. Well, well, that yes and no, I would say because when they uh, get the task to carve uh, carve wooden penises, I <laughs> right, mean yeah. that that is while not played wacky, it's still obviously not super serious either. Right. Right. Uh, but they're pretty good at it, to be yeah. honest. For new for beginners, they're pretty fucking good at it. Yeah, it would take me a while to do, and they did it like almost instantaneous. I mean, so. it's a you know balls and all. So I mean, it's a it's a it's a challenge to to do it. So, uh, and and here I'm I'm kind of fascinated by one aspect here, and I think Wong Jing was uh, having his way with senses. You can get away with on-screen oral sex if uh, you actually perform the oral sex on the carved versions of these full-on mm-hmm. erect penises. Uh, and 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 they show it for uh, quite a while. So I think that's Wong Jing saying yeah. like, "Hey, fake. It's okay. Well, <laughs> it's and, wood. Look. Yeah. So and and it's in the movie. And I think I I I, I think I can assume that it was in the movie originally as well, rather than being a reinstated sequence. So uh, I I like the way you can play with senses sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's about changing the color of the color of your blood to green or what have you, but uh, also, um, you know, challenge the system. That is actually a very, very good thing, I think. Yeah. When we talk about the assistant, I have uh, a quote that's uh, probably my favorite in the movie. Uh, yeah, so our lead uh, scholar, mm. protagonist, or whatever, uh, he has, like, a, yeah, he has a walking around little helper man mm. or oh, whatever. Oh, by the way, he's played by Ronald Wong, who played Shitty in Rape by an Angel 2. God, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Francis Um had a henchman following him around. That was Ronald Wong, so he's in this movie as well. He played Poor sh- henchman for hire, yeah. like every role. But uh, yeah, he's like a little short dude, but uh, it's revealed at one point where um, 
you know, the scholar gets in a little bit of trouble, and he's threatened to have three inches cut off of his penis. Well, uh, you know, our little henchman jumps in front of him and says, you know, take it off of mine. And, uh, <laughs> he reveals himself, and he has, you know, one foot three inches of penis. And so uh, he calls himself 13 or something like that for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And uh, there's a line, our, uh, the madam sees his wangus and she says i've been in this business for years but i've never seen such a long penis is he is he the legendary big dick boy (laughs) 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 that was that that was my favorite right there you know in 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 this classy setting where 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 people talk classy and all of that and are scholars and read poetry every now and again maybe you got this too Mm. (laughs) big dick boy (laughs) the legendary big dick boy and, and it's wonderful because you don't see it there, but uh, no. when he opens, uh, puts down his pads, you, you you get a you know a shining light and almost a religious moment, like ah. I kept kind of hoping they'd do something like in uh, basketball where they had the giant penises. <laughs> <laughs> it would do like spin around and it would like slap something quickly. <laughs> in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know that scene very well. That's my favorite uh, uh, Hangover movie. Uh, oh. Because it's so easy to watch, so, I, I like basketball. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, African American actor that's in this movie, I think, even though he might not know Chinese, that line, whatever he said when he sees a big, big dick boy's penis, I think he says in Chinese because it's like three syllables long, mm-hmm. and uh, really in slow motion almost. So, so <laughs> he reacts to it as well. And, and she, like, as soon as she sees it, the madam, oh, yeah, you know, she's she's she drools uh, all, you know. <laughs> A glass full of drool, essentially, just falls out of her mouth, you know, splash. Yeah. Which is funny and all of that, and uh, I like it. Uh, but overall, the atmosphere is kind of still subdued and will be even more as the movies goes on. Movie it goes on. Way uh, more, uh, you know, dramatic as it goes along, especially mm-hmm. towards the end. It's just, it's ridiculous. And it's not about. Uh, Aman Chang did this to an extent in Rape by an Angel too, but here it's not about swinging us about the place like Cash Chin does or it's not about the skill of Michael Mack's premium outrageousness in Sex and Sen 1 but for mm-hmm. the first half it's a it works pretty well when concerning itself with lighter stuff it's pretty full on it flows well despite being a fairly long movie it's actually 100 yeah. minutes long and that hmm, doesn't really sit well with me it doesn't really deserves it deserve it but um fine you you get through it i suppose when you really think about it i mean you could have cut out the first five or ten minutes or whatever that is in the prison because oh, yeah, that has yeah, yeah. no bearing on the plot whatsoever it could have been cut completely mm-hmm. i mean i like the sequence as a sequence but i agree fairly yeah. uh, fairly yeah. uh being subdued and all that it tries to be a bit more sexy too rather than a goofy erotic girl so um, aman chang shoots um you know pretty decently sexy lesbian sex scene um everybody you know looks great in the costumes it looks solid overall um it's fairly stylish too i mm. mean the, the film looks good there's a great sequence man where the girls are all um dancing in front of like the mm. red streamers or whatever and they're re- wearing like these red and white outfits and the camera keeps doing this amazing like, like 360 degree spin yeah like during it and there's a, it's 
it's really beautifully shot. I mean, in that, you know, they, points, they even have a dance choreographer credit in the movie, so they were like, pre- 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 pretty proud of the fact that we we got both action directing, obviously, but also a dance. Uh, dance directing, uh, so uh, that's well, that's a that great sequence. You know, I'll give it to him on that for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly as stylish as Part Two, and you know, there's not nearly as many great set pieces, but it still does look, you know, pretty amazing. And it's the girls presenting themselves to potential buyers and all of mm-hmm. that, uh, so it's uh, not a pageant, pageant as such, but uh, you know, a, a demonstration of uh, the right. uh, quality product of the fragrance house, if you will. Yeah, I'd buy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and El- Elvis' choice here as a potential buyer, Sir Loy, the horse merchant. Uh, <laughs> but we don't see him buying any horses. Uh, horses as such, it seems like he collects uh, concubines, uh, rather, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Elvis here is uh, pretty, you know, big in terms of acting, but he's, he's compared still... to Sex and Sand 2, he's right. a lot more reserved. It, here, it looks like he's holding his breath. Uh, mm-hmm while he's delivering dialogue because he's talking like this rather than shouting it out like he did in um, in Sex and Zen 2 essentially you know what I mean yeah. it, it seems more like reserved but it turns out it's a pretty uh, vile character uh, mm-hmm. when secrets are revealed yeah he um towards the end and everything like that uh, he kind of there's even some like uh, romantic stuff that goes on and everything where you know, it, it's left behind at that point, like, all traces of, like, humor, I think. You know, there's very little in the movie other than, like, the sexual training sequences and everything at that point. Like, uh, when everything moves away from the brothel and everything's more concerned with mm-hmm. uh, the relationship between, you know, the female lead and Elvis Choi's character mm-hmm. and... Uh, it moves away exactly from the fragrance house and into his big old mansion, you know. And right. one of the girls is bought. Uh, uh, he's bought two girls in total. Uh, yeah. To big to be, mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, before we move into the serious thing, uh, let's talk of uh, maybe the last funny scene in the movie here. Uh, uh, a wonderful um, oral sex scene. Uh, <laughs> with uh, that involves. Uh, uh, ice and uh, oh, but chili peppers as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, the chili peppers kind of caught me off guard there. Like uh, that doesn't sound know, nice at all. Mm, uh, ice, yeah. I could probably survive in the light of chili peppers. Also, being you know, if I had a choice between ice and her filling her mouth with chili peppers and doing a thing, exactly. I, I'll pick ice any time of the day. Ice, ice. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let me put something you know scalding on your. T- yeah, that sounds real great. Yep. Uh, and also, when she puts uh, his dick in her mouth, there's Tweety Birds on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I remember something being weird about that scene. And it happened, like, uh, constantly almost. Like, this is where the Tweety Birds go. <laughs> it's like, wow, <laughs> it's okay. Of course, of it's, course, there would be Tweety Birds. It's joyous, uh, I guess. Like, the, I don't know. I, I, I expect there's some animated birds to be sitting on the windowsill or something. <laughs> like, very odd, that sequence. I mean, when you think about it, it's like you kind of expect Elvis Choi to be like, you know, give that, oh, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, jump or something like that, and that'd be the end of the sequence. But it doesn't really do that, you know. Mm. He kind of seems to be caught in between pleasure and pain mm. during it. You know, it's 
not played as, you know, this is going to be weird to say about a Hong Kong comedy, but it's not probably played as over the top as it could have been, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there's no shadow play showing his big, big cock this time. They did it in both, and, uh, both movies. Yeah, they, otherwise. Do mention, they do mention that he has, like, the size of a horse, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, his... But they don't show it this time, so it's like, uh, no, we're going to do, we're not going to show that this we're time. We're taking right? the high road this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> With the Tweety Birds and all of that, to make it... And, st- yeah, we'll take the high road this time instead we'll just show him you know shooting his load on the girl's chest that's that'll be perfectly <laughs> that happens too yep yes <laughs> um but but you know for i i wasn't as bored with the second half but th- there is some decent transitions into the darker aspects of the movie because it's uh, slowly but surely we we, we we won't spoil too much uh, again but slowly but surely we real, realize that elvis is quite a manipulator so uh while he says that I won't ever force myself on you. Only if you say you want to. That leads to, you know, he set up his plan in that Mm -hmm. regard. And it's um, kind of heinous. But it's uh, played that way and supposed to be played that way. And after all is said and done, if you contrast that with the beginning, uh, usually I don't mind it. And in this case, I don't either. I think uh, I I didn't sit there and start disliking the movie just because it was uh, Echo in Darkness. You know what I mean? Uh, were you on board with that as well, uh, or, or did you feel that the comedy and darkness clashed? Um, no, not for this. I mean, if you think about it in context of the series, I think it's more uh, bizarre in that regard. Like you've had these really two, you know, two great, funny, you know, exciting movies that come along, and then the third one kind of delves this deep into, uh, you know kind of dramatic waters and stuff like that and mm. kind of gets pretty dark and everything that's kind of bizarre but you know when you watch the film i think everything kind of comes together fairly well i don't think i don't think the early half of the movie is is over the top enough to make you know the latter half seem bizarre or mm. anything like that but at the same I, time i think i would have liked it if it was crazy as fuck and then turned <laughs> really distressing as fuck i think i would have liked it like score Right, right. But, yeah, I think for sure that would have made it a much more, like, a standout film, whereas, like, as it is now, it's kind of just, you know, well, that stuff happened. That was interesting. And I'm not going to say that the drama didn't work for me, because I think it did. I think it's all kind of fairly solid stuff. You know, Mm. I actually start to feel for the character and everything. And uh... yeah, Wong Jing has done this well before, and what you possibly mm-hmm. doesn't know is, uh, and that's why I think I w- didn't connect to the drama more than in a solid way. It's essentially the last uh, third of the movie, if you will, is mm-hmm. him um, rehashing Chinese torture chamber story mm. uh, with the uh, with the plot to frame someone for murder, the right, tor- yeah. torture in front of the judge, and um, and even the way the uh, the the crime that happens and all of that the way it's uh, plays out yeah. uh, with her eventually sitting there covered in blood it's essentially straight out of 1994's torture sh- a Chinese torture chamber story um, which is uh, kind of lazy to be really honest uh, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't even a Chinese torture chamber story too was um, was its own thing it's actually um, more of a remake or a retake of the story that. Chang Che did in Blood Brothers, the Dick Long David Chang movie. That that's actually what uh, Torture Chamber Story Two is like. So uh, I, I, you know, I, 
it's fine, but I think it's kind of lazy as well. But if you haven't seen the 1994 movie, then then it feels a bit more fresh, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but but you get I, I don't remember as a way of torture that you got a frog shoved inside a vagina <laughs> type of scene in that older movie. Uh, no, probably not. That would get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that definitely. And we see it inside a vagina, which is not uh, an extensive uh, set or anything. They uh, oh, hold yeah. down the frog within a few pieces of red cloth. That, yeah, literally, that's as cheap as you could possibly get. <laughs> Even a Rossi what... Ghost Story 3 did more with their VJJ set. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Talking of all that serious stuff, um, it actually uh, stops for a little bit to uh, to be funny, to be really honest. When mm-hmm. the scholar meets uh, Lo Meng's character. And my boy from the Venom Clan. Geez. Yes, sir. And he was in I'm Ebola not. Syndrome as well, being a sex pioneer in Ebola Syndrome. Uh, he, he, he could last like a champion. Here he's a sex pioneer in, um, he's a master, and yeah. he, te- he teaches the scholar um, <laughs> sex positions that are pretty pretty funny because, uh, and, and I think they're not poorly translated. I think they're having fun with uh, with the naming of them. Something about a frog. I remember one of them, and it didn't look anything like a frog. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it doesn't look anything like a frog. <laughs> Where are you going? It's not a frog. And and that gets paid off later. Uh, we get on screen uh, on screen text that uh, describes this in a Latin sequence. Yes. Uh, so uh, that, that 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 is fun. But uh, the majority of the feeling you get from the movie and the ending of it is uh, uh, a bit of a tragedy, fairly affecting at points, but still a copy of uh, kind of Wong Jing's own produced work from 1994, which makes it. Uh, very much tolerable not not at all a trek to sit through but i was like just ticking off things that i've seen um, yeah. uh, including the various the various torture methods which uh, in all honesty is pretty well conveyed for the their horrible acts and they're pretty well conveyed and, uh, and and i said it in passing at the beginning and i kind of say it in passing as well or rather full-on say it without context i've never seen nipples ripped off women in hong kong movies before yeah uh, this one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, with pliers. Uh, yeah, that was. It, it's not really an on-screen thing, but uh, that was like, ouch. <laughs> yeah. And, and they you, pulled on those like motherfuckers. Two of them, you, you know. You two got arterial blood spray too after it. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it uh, late cycle category three movies did had some chops to push and. Uh, and Wong Jing certainly leading this movement in 1998, uh, along with various movies by Cast Chin along the way. I think it's not a bad thing. I like this period, and I, I, I respect the choices, knowing that Hong Kong cinema wasn't at its best. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, again, Rape by an Angel series being Category 2B, um, and for a while, at least for two, doing really well within 2B, uh, mm-hmm. and then getting more um, sanitized. But, but having said that, the fourth one is pretty crazy too the rapist yeah rapists union and all of that so uh, so he wasn't playing he wasn't being politically politically correct necessarily Wong Jing which is g- good on him I mean I, I like anyone who's um, who doesn't care and has no shame uh, and all of that you know it's like, so someone is doing it uh, not me and uh, I can laugh I, I can laugh therefore safely <laughs> or something you know what I mean um, so uh, it's tolerable and uh, it's worth watching all three, but to know that the that's the order, in all honesty. One right. is best, two is 
pretty good, uh, and uh, but not comparable. And free is uh, is the lesser of them, but they're all different in their own ways, I suppose. And um, right. that's that's good when you take a series in different places, I suppose. Right. I think all three are pretty good. You know, I mean, the uh, you know as a whole, when you divvy them out, it's it's a really solid series. But uh, yeah, one and two are definitely standouts. And I, you know, I wouldn't even fault somebody if they liked part two better than one. No, no, no. Absolutely I think not. That one, I think that one could be debatable. Mm. People. You don't even need to see them in order, obviously. So um, no. uh, They're all standalone stuff. But it's fu- the through line is Elvis Choi, I suppose, because he's in every movie. So. <laughs> and and that, that, that's a pretty vague through line. Best to have, in that's part a... two. He's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely great. Uh, and in terms, of, in terms of availability, yeah, it was issued by Universe on DVD, uh, the one we watched, but that seems out of print nowadays. I don't think Universe is repressing their old catalog stuff, and uh, and I didn't see any um, reissue by anyone else. Uh, Sex and Sense 3 isn't very high profile. You could reissue too, based on the name of Shu K only. Uh, obviously so check ebay used copies stores in hong kong maybe if you live in hong kong you can maybe maybe find the dvd or vcd in the stores and there was possibly a laser disc as well but if worse comes to worst you know turn to uh, turn to torrents uh, the thing is if you type in sex and send on hong kong movie database you get one two three four five six seven eight choices okay yeah uh, you got Six and seven, one, two, three. Uh, before that, you got U point seven two, which during this weekend's least we discussed is actually um, a, uh, it might be a second in that series, but it's actually the carnal prey mat uh, depicted as well. But in a more serious way, despite having the penis transplant, but we, when King Hu and I talked about it, we marveled at the fact that he gets the penis of a small animal attached to him, not a horse. Yeah. Uh, but it is actually a very well shot and kind of somber movie by Ho Fan, a very uh, accomplished erotica director, Ho Fan. Uh, so you point them to is uh, maybe worth a full-on coverage. Uh, we, we did a mini review of it during the Sex and Sen uh, sh- uh, show. And I haven't seen once, so I don't know what that covers. You point them free is actually a uh, Elvis Choi starer a comedy which is a parody too of Stephen Chow's Forbidden City Cop. Uh, Stephen Chow plays a uh, kind of 007 agent and inventor only in a period setting and they kind of parodied that with Elvis Choi in You Poison Free and it's actually a pretty funny movie so um, uh, worth uh, teaming up two and three uh, maybe for future shows. Let's do it. Because uh, I haven't got one. I haven't found that in, um, in any way. But the other ones... Uh, in between free and the 3D Sex and Zen, we got something called Sex and Zen, the Prostitute in Jiang Nan from 2002, which going by gut feeling, I think, is some shot on video stuff that possibly is not subtitled. Uh, but but you did get, and we will get to this eventually, 3D Sex and Zen Extreme Ecstasy in 2011. And uh, and we got two, uh, two entries left here. And I think one is like the main high-profile production uh, based on the success of 3D Sex and Sand because you got 4D Sex and Sand Slayer of a Thousand from the Mysterious East. But you also got a, uh, an entry for Sex and Sand 2 4D Sexecution. Sexecutioner? <laughs> yeah, Sexecution. Hell yeah. What? Uh, I think that's the cash-in product while 4D Sex and Sand Slayer of a Thousand blah 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 is the actual mm-hmm. high-profile one. 
uh, but I might be wrong. They're announced, uh, possibly, uh, despite say, saying 2012. I don't think uh, we've seen release, releases of these. And if we have, then probably both are there for lower budget cashes. The Sexecutioner. Sex and Send 2, 4D, Sexecution. So they're going with 4D, apparently. Yeah. And 3D, Sex and Send, Extreme Ecstasy was a... 4D with a smell of vision uh, or scratch and sniff or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or fucking uh, liquid shooting at you and, uh, uh, share, yeah. and the chair rumbling, I don't know. Uh, 4D hasn't been explored as such, but uh, I welcome it. <laughs> Have you seen the um, Sex and Send 3D? I haven't, actually, because uh, I get to movies when my mind is correctly tuned and all of that, so I didn't jump mm-hmm. on it at the time, but I'm feeling it right now that for for this show, that it will flow more easily into my viewing habits, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly available and all of that, and uh, we, we have perspective on it as a quite a successful uh, movie, especially in the mainland, because, uh, uh, rather, sorry, uh, especially mainlanders wanted to see this because it was banned in the mainland. Uh, <laughs> s- uh, sexual depiction and all. So they... Uh, there were quite a lot of like uh, trips arranged for mainland viewers to go to Hong Kong and see it, and uh, it was kind of a a, um, a very known thing. Or you know, they made it part of the promotion, I think, to an extent too. That uh, you know the mainlanders are coming to see our yeah, our porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a success, and uh, you know, and uh, also um, fairly acclaimed. And uh, so I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing it, uh, even if we don't see it in 3D or anything. But um, I hate 3D. I think it will be pretty noticeable what they're doing, and um, uh, maybe it'll be fun, part of the fun con- uh, atmos to see. Like uh, I remember seeing in the trailer, uh, after Tony Ho uh, smashing a glass, and then the uh, you know the splashes of wine or what have you in slow motion flying against the camera. Obviously CGI, so it's like uh, yeah, maybe fun, but uh, uh, not really necessary. But uh, you know the pro- uh, the promotion strategy worked for three D sex and stuff. It got press fucking here, in mm-hmm. and that is not normal for yeah. any Hong Kong movie to get press here. But you know three D and porn, yeah, that which was essentially the ang- angle, not three D and sex, three D <laughs> and porn, got right. uh, got uh, you know uh, this attention over here as well. So um, that 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 should be uh, that should be a fun one. But next time though, because this was not the tidy whitey theater, I, I feel this is more of a screening room, back back room uh, screening room where we this focus. This was classier. This was sort of classier. Tidy whitey theater might be more open, but it's fucking filthy in there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but next time we're heading into it with a pair, watching a pair of screwball comedies with a lot of screwing, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I, I did it. <laughs> you got it, brother. Uh, but they are really good and creative and genuinely funny ones from the mid-90s, and they are as follows. The first movie, I Love Miss Fox, starring Lee Chung Ling, sans his bananas in Love is Over, as we um, the movie we watch for our Christmas special, and uh, in a really wacky and fun performance. And, and you, if you were a fan of Lee Chung Ling before, listeners, and you, Josh, I think you'll be a greater fan because you realize that this guy's funny. This guy's got energy and is... Um, likable too and in the second half we get a rare Xing Fui on lead role possibly the second ever 
blue jean monster is one but we're gonna watch secret lover starring Xing Fuyan in, in a very wacky role as well uh, and it's from the director of the rapist and once upon a time in triad society cha chun yi secret lover gotta hold on to that feeling Good, got a sound bite for the next show then. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that'll be fun. I like those movies already, but uh, I'm looking forward to. Re- I saw Secret Lover recently, and I was like, "Hey, this is really funny." And uh, you, got you, you, you got a, you got. A, I posted a shot from it uh, in uh, in a. Uh, Xing Fuyong's character has various uh, fantasies and illusions and stuff, uh, not sexual necessarily. So in one scene, he's uh, chatting with his wife, sitting on a park bench with a box of chocolate in his lap. Ching Fuyon as Forrest Gump. Oh my gosh. In a brief little bit, but uh, as I posted on Facebook, I think that would have worked. I would have liked to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that'll be fun. Next time, I love Miss Fox and Secret Lover in the Tidewater Theater, but uh, in the meantime, this has been this weekend's lease on the Sex and Sam trilogy. We've now finished uh, three of them, but we're seeing at least one more. And uh, podcastonfire.com is where you'll find this and all the other shows plus bonus episodes. And when we do bonus episodes, we do boner episodes. And we've done a few already. Podcastonfire at googlemail.com for uh, email feedback. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash PUF network. Click and like our page. Leave some feedback there. But we have a link on that page. Join the discussion group uh, and uh, have fun in there. Or if you want to search the discussion group you can do that as well by typing in podcast on fire network in the facebook search bar and follow us on twitter as well twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire i want more porn bots to follow us can you do that yeah i can i can manage that if we hashtag enough you know sex send and porn that that'll come you know you know it's followers in my book oh yeah hey, it uh, works mm-hmm. Uh, so Stu manages the, uh, the Twitter account so that'll be his problem <laughs> uh, anyway I do writing of various category free movies ninja exploitation and uh, Taiwanese movies on sogoodreviews.com video reviewing on sleazykvideo.com and tweeting at twitter.com forward slash sogoodreviews subscribe to this week's list on iTunes and if you like the show or even dislike it please leave a, a genuine rating and a genuine comment and uh, don't be a, an asshole about it um, be an angel about it even if you dislike it and uh, you can also stream us via stitcher if you don't like downloading podcasts to your device they do fill up if you listen to a whole lot and uh, stitcher is available for your ipad iphone android and blackberry and once you're in stitcher type in podcast on fire network and that will get you the option to add each show on the network that we have available including this weekend's lease and finally, shelflifeclothing.com for Brian Kirby's wonderful t-shirt line. And you'll hear his outro in a little bit. So uh, support him and uh, that'll be good. And you're to uh, the endeavors again, Joshua. Buriedcelluloid.net and vcinemashow.com Goody, goody. More Japanese filth coming your way, I suppose. Absolutely. Always. In HD, in HD nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I don't know, let's stop the, um, for now, the uh, the unrelated sequels in this series, series Sex and Zen fucking, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't come up with any creative <laughs> stuff, so let's just stop, I suppose. Let's just stop. Yeah, see you next time, and thank you everybody, again. Back my voice, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>